0: in sin, but Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. It bathed my heart in love and wrote my name above. And just a little talk with Jesus made me whole. Have a little talk with Jesus, tell him all about our troubles. I may have doubts and fears. My eyes be filled with tears. But Jesus is a friend who watches day and night. I go to him in prayer. He knows my every care. And just a little. Well, good morning.
1: Welcome to Word of Life Chapel this morning. We're so glad that you would join us to worship the Lord. you take a moment to greet those around you, to tell someone good morning and that you're glad to see them here.
0: Standing on the promises of Christ, my King. And through eternal ages, let his praises ring. In glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. We're going to go to verse 2: standing, standing on the promises. Standing on the promises, the King. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God What a fellowship, what a joy divine meaning on the everlasting. i
2: And I've worn shackles and chains.
3: that so much. Let me make a couple of announcements. Um, first of all, our sympathies are extended to uh, Jan Hoffner uh, upon the passing away of her mother this past week. Uh, also, uh, keep in mind Mike Snavely is going to be with us on the last weekend of this month. Uh, it starts on Saturday night on the 24th uh, with a, a, a dinner. And if you're planning to come to that dinner, we need for you to sign up. Um, There's a session on Saturday night, two sessions on Sunday morning. The information is there in your bulletin. Uh, Take a look at that. But if you are coming to the dinner, we need to know that. Also, uh, I want to read a portion of um, a letter that came from Gospel Furthering Fellowship. This letter actually was in our bulletin last week. Um, But let me just read the first a uh, paragraph relating to uh, a change in Bruce Bush's ministry. It starts out this way. It's an honor to write to you today as the incoming general director of the mission you have been partnering with to reach this generation with the gospel, gospel-furthering fellowship. It is deeply sobering and humbling to have the privilege of following into this position a man who has laid down his life for Christ's sake, and the Gospels. Bruce Bush is the man of whom I speak. He and his wife Ruth will continue to be valuable assets to the kingdom of God and specifically at our mission as they assume new roles of service. I know that they would appreciate your prayers as they seek to continue serving the Lord with gladness each new day. Bruce has been the President for quite some time of Gospel Furthering Fellowship. Um, he's stepping down from that position as general manager and, um, but c- will continue uh, serving with the mission just in a new role. Now having said that, uh, there, I did put an, an announcement in your bulletin, there's gonna be a service of honor on Sunday night, April the 8th in Lebanon. That's where Gospel Furthering Fellowship is located in Lebanon. On April the 8th, there's gonna be a service in honor of Bruce and Ruth Bush. Um, There is information on the bulletin board, ways that you can get involved in this service. You can attend, you can donate, uh, you can send a word of encouragement. So, if you wanna be involved at all in this service, please take take note of the information that's on the bulletin board over in the fellowship hall. Uh, Again, we thank um, the Bushes. They have been such a blessing to all. That's not that they're going away, um, but he's just stepping down from that role. Um, And so they've just been a great blessing to us for so, so many years. And we have uh, supported the mission for many, many years. And we'll continue to support uh, Bruce and Ruth Bush So we thank the Lord uh, for that. All right, take your hymn books, if you would, please, and turn to hymn number 434. Hymn number 434. And we're going to sing together just two stanzas, the first and the second of Sweet Hour of Prayer. Just stanza one and stanza two. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour prayer that calls me from a world of care and bids me at my father's throne. Make all my wish wishes known in seasons of distress and off, found relief and oft escape the tempers by thy return. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour of thy wings shall the shun bear. I hey. Wait, I think we're on something different here. Um, are we on stanza two or three? What are we singing up here? Neither. <laughs> huh? Four. All right, I have sweet hour prayer, sweet hour prayer, thy wings shall my petition bear. Is that two? But that's not what you see up here. Well, you're all wrong. <laughs> Open your hymn books and turn to stanza number two. Or let's just sing what's up here. No, you know what, I mean this wasn't, we cho- Tony chose stanza one and two because it relates to prayer, right? So we've gotta do stanza two. This is not stanza two. It is now. So it's P's fault. No, it's Dylan's fault. No. All right. Are we on the same page? You see what I see. All right. Here we go. Thy wings shall my petition bear. I see it. Okay. Here we go. Sweet hour of prayer, sweet hour. Thy wings shall thy petition bear to. Leave his word and trust his grace. I'll cast on him my every and wait for the sweet hour of prayer. So good to be on the same page. All right, a couple things to pray for. I'm looking at the prayer uh, ministry sheet. Um, Please continue to pray for Wayne Mace, as Wayne is in Germany uh, for four months. I believe somewhere along the line, he moves from Germany to somewhere else, but I don't have that information right now. Keep Len Roadcap in prayer. Uh, Says he's in the Harrisburg Hospital. He actually moved to the premier at Susquehanna. So he moved there. However, his wife Joanne, who was there, moved home. So uh, they're just kinda juggling around uh, so eventually, we want to get Len home to be with his wife. That's the game plan. But right now, Joanne is home, although it says here she's not, and Len moved now to where she was. Does that make sense? I hope so. Ada Schaffhauser, uh she continues to be at the premiere at Susquehanna, but is hoping to be home on Tuesday of this week. Uh, so do pray for her move as she's ready to get home as well. Uh, keep Helen Hoffman in prayer. Um, She's going to be having her foot surgery this Wednesday, and then also Dale Warner's brother, Lee, and I didn't hear a report today, but yesterday he was, uh, he remained in the uh, hospital down in Philadelphia, and um, Dale rushed to the hospital uh, because uh, things got a bit worse. Um, Again, I don't know, um, you know, the situation today, um, but do, pray. Oh Sharon, I didn't see you. I'm so he passed away last night. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but kind of expected. Okay, well thank you. Yeah, I didn't see you here. Sorry. Uh, so Lee had passed away last night. Last night. So please keep Dale and Sharon and family members uh, in your prayers as well. So let's come before the Lord at this time. Father, we come before you, and Father, as a Christian. It's so good uh, to know that we can do that. Father, we know the scriptures. We know when the Bible tells us that uh, Jesus is our mediator between God and man, that gives us the right as children of God to come into your very presence boldly and confidently. And so, Father, this morning we, we come before you, especially, Lord, when we hear of situations that involve death and sickness and sorrow, Father, we often hear people say, um, I, I couldn't have gotten through this apart from knowing the Lord. And so, Lord, knowing you makes a huge difference in every area of life. I think of Jan's mom who is with you at this very moment. I think of Dale's brother who now is in your presence this very moment. For to be absent from this body to be is, in, is to be in your very presence. And, Father, that does make all the difference in the world. Father, we know where our loved ones are who die in Christ. But I pray that you might comfort Jan and Dale, Father, these who have been left behind, for you are the God of all comfort and the God of all grace. Father, we think of others like Wayne, who is away from home, leaving a wife and two daughters behind. Father, would you watch over them and protect them? Father, we think of Len and Joanne Roadcap, who these last few weeks have experienced so much illness and sickness. Father, we commit them to you. And Ada, Lord, as she makes this move home on Tuesday, that, Father, you would be there with her and for her during this transition. And I pray for Kim and Donna as decisions continually need to be made that they might be granted great wisdom father i think of helen as she goes in this wednesday for this foot surgery that all cancer can be removed so father it's good to be able to come before your throne at this time father we are thankful today for another day that you've given to us a day in which we come together as your church That's who we are. Uh, Lord, the church is not this building that we come into. The church, we are the people of God. We are the bride of Christ. Father, we have come today to look into the eyes of Jesus and to see him in all his glory. Father, remove the distractions. Remove the evil one who certainly is trying to keep us from hearing your word and applying your word. Father, may our hearts be open to Pastor Tony as he comes to speak to us regarding this topic, Lord, in which we all can relate. Lord, we all worry. We all become anxious. Father, the world is a world that seems to cause in us anxiety. Father, you have instructed us to cast all of our care upon you because, Lord, you love us so much and you take care of us. So use the words of Scripture. Use your word this day to bring change in our lives where change is greatly needed. I'll continue to bless our time as we're lifted into your presence through music. Lord, you're a wonderful God. We thank you for being with us this day.
0: try to win this war
1: God, you are faithful.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. You may be
4: seen. What are you worried about today?
1: Did you bring any worry with you to church this morning? Today we're going to continue in the uh, Jesus Said What series. Um, And we're going to look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 about not being anxious. Now I have to admit, I, I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with worry. At times, I get so worried that I maybe don't want to eat very much because I'm so focused on that thing that I'm worried about. Am I the only one, or have you ever been there before? I'm probably the only one. I'm probably the only one. Last week, we looked at not being angry. We looked at the letter of the law, the spirit of the law. We looked at our heart condition.
4: And today we're going to talk about anxiety. The Bible says... I might be having an issue.
1: It's because the thing isn't plugged in. Let me fix it real quick and then... Otherwise, we don't have to keep going to the back there. Technology is never great. That's why. So... um, the Bible says in First Timothy, no, we are thankful for the technology the Lord has blessed us with. First Timothy 1 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. The King James says of a sound mind. Right? Of a sound mind, which we'll talk a little bit later about as we get into uh, the message this morning. Um, But we're going to look at, this morning, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 25. I'd like to ask you to stand with me this morning as we read this passage of Scripture, and then you may be seated after. The words of Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food And the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
0: Amen. You may be seated.
1: You know, worry, worry is a big thing in our culture today. As a matter of fact, the um, ADAA uh, says that approximately 18% of American adults struggle with an anxiety disorder beyond just being worried, right? So if we had 170 people in here, that's an additional 30 people. So on top of those of you who are worried, there are some people that are worried on a regular basis, Worry is such a big part of our culture, and and we're set up to worry, aren't we? We're set up to worry. You go to Christian school today. I came from Lancaster Bible College. Lancaster Bible College is pretty close to $30,000 a year now, $30,000 a year. So you go there for four years. Um, If you don't get any assistance, you know, that ends up with you owing $120,000 when you leave through student loans. So then you're owing $120,000 when you leave in student loans. On top of that, you need to make sure that you have a vehicle you can drive around and, and, and a mortgage for a house. And, and we're, we're almost set up to be worried in our culture today. If you turn on the news and watch the TV, my goodness, there, there's almost nothing that's encouraging. There's almost nothing that's uplifting. I, I tried something the other day. I went on uh, Fox News and CNN on their websites, and both of the things that were up there were negative. We're set up to worry, right? right? The world wants us to worry. The enemy wants us to worry. We're going to break down this passage little by little and look at what's being said. But if you see in, in verse 25, Matthew 6, verse 25, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is life, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Some, some here this morning might think that food is life, right? Um, maybe Chick-fil-A. and Now you're all going to want Chick-fil-A and you can't go there on Sunday, Right? That's that's when I know when Sarah and I, that's when we always want Chick-fil-A is Sunday. We're stuck. Is not life more than food? What's the question that's being asked here? There's a question that, that, that Jesus asks: Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Basically, what's the purpose of your life? What's the purpose of your life? Why are you here? Is it to eat? <laughs> Is it to dress nicely? See, the purpose of our lives, the reason we are here, the reason we're created is found in Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. We were made for God's glory. The purpose of our lives here on earth is to glorify God. Is not life more than food. It absolutely is. Why? Because we were created not to eat food, not to worry about things that will pass away. Because remember, this is only our temporary home. We are passengers through here, travelers through this world. This is not where we're going to spend eternity. So why do we focus on things that are temporary? See, we were created for God's glory. We were made for the glory of God. Of course, sin entered the world, and, and we were given uh, a commandment in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always, To the end of the age. See, this this whole passage is a matter of perspective. Are you kingdom focused or are you me focused? Are you kingdom focused or are you me focused? We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. The, The teens probably heard me say it 20 times. Are you kingdom focused or me focused? Because look at what's being said. Is life not more than food? What is the purpose of your life? The purpose of our lives is to glorify God. You know, we look at that passage in Matthew 28 where we're told to go and make disciples. And sometimes I I think people view that as a passage for pastors and missionaries. For pastors and missionaries. I'm here to tell you this morning it's not. This is something for each and every person that is saved. It's not a suggestion. It's not an encouragement. It's a commandment. Go. And make disciples. But how can we do that if we're living in anxiety? How can we do that if we are concerned about saving up the food and the clothing? And you get where this passage is going. Where are you focused? Are you kingdom focused? Or are you me focused? What is the purpose of your life, and are you glorifying God? Matthew 626, the next verse. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Have you ever spent any time watching birds? Now, I know some of you in here this morning, you are avid bird watchers. You have binoculars. You can pick out the different chirps of birds. I'm not a big bird fan, but I know some of you are. Actually, I heard there were approximately, what did they say, two million people that were gathering in Philadelphia on Sunday to go and see birds, right? <laughs> um, on Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursday. Um, but I, I guess it's a different kind of bird. Um, but look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? There's a comparison here between birds and people. Birds and people. Now, if you ever have watched a bird, it is pretty fascinating how they're always able to find food. They're not lazy. They're not idle. They're always looking. They're always trying to find food, and they find it because God provides it for them. The comparison between birds and people is One that almost seems silly, but yet we find ourselves in that place of worry and anxiety oftentimes. And again, I've been through it. I still struggle with worry. Let's compare birds and people for a moment. So birds, um, birds are, birds have no soul, right? I'm sorry if you have a pet bird and you love it. Birds have no soul. right? Humans do. We do. We will live for eternity. Birds will not, right? Birds were not made in the image of God. You were. I was. Jesus did not come to die for the birds. He came to die for you and for me. Are you not of more value than they? The comparison is almost silly, But Jesus is proving a point here. Look at how the Lord provides for the birds. Are you not worth more than
4: birds? (laughs) Are you not worth more than birds? Jesus died for you and for me. Are you not worth more than
1: birds? Then we come to my favorite verse in this whole passage here. And it might sound silly, and I'll explain it in a minute. And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? Now, my favorite, this is my favorite verse because I've been there. I've spent time worrying about something, thinking I was solving it. When I'm not solving it, I was worrying about it. And you think you're accomplishing something through your worry, but you're not. You're just worrying. I went online and um, <clears throat> I found a study on how much we worry in our lives on average. And I, I asked uh, Sarah, I said, Sarah, do you know how much time we waste worrying? And she said, don't tell me I'm going to worry about it. <laughs> don't tell me I don't, I don't want to worry about it. Um, but there was a study done by uh, Benenden Health in the United Kingdom I believe it was done by a group called One Pole. Um, and, and here's what they found. That on average, the adult, now they, they uh, surveyed 2,000 people in Britain. Adults will worry 14.31 hours per week. 14 hours a week we spend worrying. Which equals out to 744 hours of worrying a year. Which equals 45,243 hours of worry in a lifetime. 1,885 days worth of worry in a lifetime. And the grand total that we spend 5.2 years of our life in worry. Now, some of you probably have a five-year plan. I doubt it is to spend the next five years worrying. But we are. We're a worrying people. And the things that, that people were worrying about, you know, finances and And um, I think the number one was, my stomach's too big. Number one, my stomach's too big. And it went through all of these different things that they had that people are legitimately worried and concerned about. See, Jesus here is is hitting a very, very, very important subject. Because when we're investing in our anxiety, we're investing in our worry, because that's what you do when we're worrying about something, we're investing into it, right? We're spending time, energy, energy effort into that worry, you cannot invest the same energy into something else. See, if I'm going to live my life for the glory of God's kingdom, but I'm spending all of my time in worry, I'm missing out. I'm missing out because God has given me, given you all of these different gifts and talents and abilities. But it's so easy for us to spend time worrying. And if you're someone this morning that struggles with worry, that struggles with anxiety, just know that you're not alone. You're not alone. That there are so many people, brothers and sisters in Christ, that
4: wrestle with anxiety, that wrestle with worry. But I think you can see through the study here how important it is that we talk about it. There's a man by
1: the name of Hudson Taylor. Maybe you've heard of Hudson Taylor. Famous missionary, right? One of the most well-known, wise, wise, wise man. Here's what he says. I am no longer anxious about anything. Okay, that that would be a great place to finally end up, right? (laughs) I am not there yet. I am not there yet, but listen to what he says. As I realize that he, the Lord, is able to carry out his will for me. It does not matter where he places me or how. That is for him to consider, not me. For in the easiest positions, he will give me grace. And in the most difficult ones, his grace is sufficient. For in the easiest positions, he will give me grace. And in the most difficult ones, his grace is sufficient. You see what Hudson Taylor did? He took that me, that me perspective, and threw it away. He threw it away. It's not about me. God, you put me where you want me, when you want me, and you allow it to happen to me in my life. Whatever you want to happen to me, because I know that you are in control. Now, that's a tough place to find ourselves. Because when something happens, we want to be anxious about it. We try and control it. But I love what he says. His grace is sufficient. Those of you who are wrestling through different periods in your life and the worry is just overwhelming, realize that his grace is sufficient for you. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, but he said to me, look at the underlying part, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. How many times do we end up worrying about things that are outside of our control when we know that we have a God that's sovereign?
4: And we're all guilty of it. The God who rules and reigns,
1: you know, and a lot of times when we, when we find ourselves in a place of worry, a place of anxiety, it can feel as if you're in a valley and you've been in there and you can't get out. can feel that maybe you're in a tunnel and when you look down one end and you're looking for the light you see nothing and you look the other end and you see nothing and you say lord why am i still here why am i still going through this why am i still sick why are relationships still broken why is my job not gotten any better and you look down one end of the tunnel, and you're looking for that light, and you don't see it. And you look down the other end of the tunnel, you're looking for that light, and you don't see it. And it feels like you are surrounded by your circumstances. You're surrounded by your circumstances, the circumstances that weigh you down, that kick you to the ground. And you worry, how am I ever going to get out of this? How am I ever going to find my way out of this situation? A couple of weeks ago, Sarah shared a song with me song by michael w smith and uh she shared it with me but it repeats itself a lot and i I figured out the song in 30 seconds and i i said i'm not i don't know if i really like this that much and i didn't think there was that much to it but i started listening to it more and i started thinking about the words and and here's what here's what it is i'm gonna sing it for you this morning because i want you to hear it i want you to hear it the way it goes He goes, This is how I fight my battles. 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 battles." And it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. And that song goes on, and it goes on, and it goes on, and it repeats itself again and again, and I listened to it, and I thought, well, there's not much to that at all. But then I started thinking about it, and I thought, wow, within those few words is so much wisdom. Is so much wisdom. More wisdom than some songs have in three verses. Now, what am I I saying this morning? The truth is, guys, that the battle of anxiety, the battle of worry, is a battle of the mind. Is a battle of the mind. And the enemy does not want you to realize that. And we're going to look at a couple scriptures in a moment that show that. But the battle that we fight is a battle of the mind. And you know what? It feels like we're surrounded in our situation and your circumstances. There's no way out. There's no way out of the tunnel. But the reality of it is that you are surrounded, but you're not surrounded by your circumstances. You're surrounded by your God. You're not surrounded by your terrible job. You're surrounded by your God. You're not surrounded by your sickness. You're surrounded by your God. The Bible says in Isaiah 52, 12, for you shall go out in haste and the Lord shall not go in flight. For you shall not go out in haste and you shall not go out in flight for the Lord will go before you and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. That nothing can separate you from the love of God. See, you are surrounded. I am surrounded, but it's not by my circumstances, it's by my God. But when I take my eyes off of my God and look at my circumstances, it feels like I am surrounded.
4: And it feels like there's no way out. So Paul says, I keep my eyes fixed on the prize.
1: Are you kingdom focused or me focused? See, you are surrounded
4: but it's not by your circumstances it's by your god it's by our god
1: bible says in romans 8:6 talk about the battle of the mind for the mindset on flesh is death but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace philippians 4:8 finally brothers whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is commendable if there is any if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think think about such things the battle of the mind think about such things we see in colossians 3:2 set your minds that's an action guys that is an action set your mind on things that are above not on things that are on earth second corinthians 10:5 for those of you who are king james people this is straight from the king james casting down imaginations casting down that's an action casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought that is, again, that is an action. Do you understand? We're in a battle of the mind. The enemy wants to discourage you. He wants to bring you down. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to be discouraged. He wants you to live in fear. But the Lord did not give us the spirit of fear, but a power of love and of self-control. See, worrying is a battle of the mind. What are you focused on? When we focus on ourselves and we focus on me, and that's sometimes hard not to do, we look at our circumstances. And we see what has surrounded us. And it's easy to forget that God is the one surrounding us. That nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Why do we worry? Recently, Sarah and I, uh, a couple months back, decided to retire the yellow car, right? The yellow car that was sitting up there. And uh, with Nehemiah here, we decided to buy a little bit of a bigger car. And uh, we went down to this car dealership to to make the purchase and found one online. We get there and we ended up buying a completely different one. Had higher miles, but we thought it would work better for us. And uh, we ended up buying from a rep who had never sold the car before in her life, Right? I don't know if that's a good thing or, <laughs> or not, but she never sold a car before in her life. As a matter of fact, they were so busy that day, they told her, uh, you go and help him. That's what she told me later. You know, you go and help him. And she really wasn't very confident in what she was doing, it sounded like, because she hadn't been, uh, hadn't sold a car before, but I thought she did a great job. Um, so we buy this car, we, buy, we bought an extended warranty with it because it had higher miles, and uh, we had used it for a couple months. It was a tremendous blessing for us because Sarah's Graham was really sick. We had to make multiple trips to Pittsburgh uh, when she passed away. And with all the stuff that a baby requires that we didn't even realize they require, um, we, it, was, it was a blessing. And um, We're driving home. We went to the Mesa's for dinner one night. We're driving home. And in the corner of my eye, I see a deer, right? Corner of my eye, fully... What's the word? Galloped, spread. I don't know what the word is for right? And fully, fully just ready to hit the car. And it was so fast that I had no time to reach my arm over, you know, to hold the person next to me, to say, watch out, to say, there's a deer. I had no time to say anything. All I had was a little bit of time to put my foot on the brake. But it wasn't enough. We hit the deer, totaled the car,
4: right? Totaled the car.
1: But I remember... Sarah quickly got Nehemiah out of the car. My door wouldn't open. I had to get out of the car. And um, I remember getting out my phone. Everybody was OK. And checking my phone and thinking, all right, um, what, what do I do now? <laughs> do I call 911? Do I call the police? I've never been in an accident before. And uh, right then, red and blue lights came on. A police officer pulls in. And is everybody OK? Yes, yes, we're all OK. And right after the police officer, a silver Ford Explorer pulled in. Dale and Tina we were leaving Walmart. And they happened to come across us right there. Not by accident, guys. Not by accident. And they were able to take Sarah and Nehemiah home. Right after Dale and Tina came, Jake Sprangle pulled up in his car. He was also leaving. And he took me home. I didn't have to call anybody. Who needs a cell phone? (laughs) Who needs a cell phone? I remember getting in the car and just being so thankful nobody was hurt. But then thinking, okay, we just bought this car. We really didn't put any money down on it and now we're going to have to pay. Because if you know anything about vehicle, you drive it off the lot, your tires roll once, and all of a sudden your car is worth half of what he bought it for, right? And, and so we drive it off the lot, and uh, I started thinking to myself, all right, so now we're going to owe money on the car. How much is it going to be? So I get home the next day or the day after, and I'm on my phone on Kelly Blue Book trying to look up the value of the car, thinking, okay, if I can figure it out, then I can figure out how much we have to pay, and I can figure out what we're going to do. My phone wouldn't work, Right? Now we have Metro PCS, which is not the best phone company, but that's not why. It wouldn't pick up my location. It wouldn't pick up my location. It was silly, it frustrating, really frustrating. It wouldn't work. So I tried it again, it wouldn't work. So I thought, I'm gonna use my computer. So I go down and I get my laptop, type everything in that I have. What's the value of the car? It wouldn't work.
4: Technology, right? It wouldn't work. and it was almost like I could hear the voice of God tell me, Tony, stop.
1: I've got this. I could feel this... if you're a believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and I hope you all are. You feel the presence of the Lord, and it was like I was wrapped up, and it said, Tony, I've got this. Don't look anymore. It was a commandment in my heart. I could feel I can't explain it to you this morning, other than it was from the Lord. And I said, okay, and I put my computer down, I closed it, and I am so curious. I am such a curious person.
4: It was so hard for me to not look. But I didn't.
1: Okay, Lord, I'm going to trust that you have this all under control. A couple days later, the insurance company sends me an email, and they were covering the complete value of the loan plus $250. Now, 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 listen to me this morning, because this doesn't make sense. Because, because we bought this car, and we drove it off the lot. We didn't really put any money down. We bought an extended warranty on the car, right, which is an additional amount of money. And all of a sudden, the insurance company paid for that. Taxes, tags, fees, everything. They covered the entire value that was left on the
4: loan, plus $250. That does not make sense, right? So we go back to buy another car, Not a Nissan, we've crashed two Nissans
1: now, so now we're trying something else. And uh, we get there and I'm sitting down with the rep, the same lady that we'd worked with. And she says, so I hope it all worked out with the loan. I hope you're not in too bad of a place. And I said, no, let let me tell you, it was all paid for. And her jaw, it was like dropped to the floor because she knows that doesn't happen.
4: She knows that doesn't happen, and we ended up getting the extended warranty back on top of it. That's not normal. That was God.
1: And I told her, I remember sitting there, and I said, I don't know how it happened. I said, I do know how it happened. It was the Lord,
4: but I cannot explain it to save my life. <laughs> I cannot figure it out.
1: For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. As we close this morning, we're faced with a very difficult question, and I think it's one that I, I hope I'm able to answer for you this morning. Um, Sometimes I think we take this passage out of, out of what Jesus is saying. We take it out of context. Um, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I believe sometimes we think that, we, we say that everything will be provided to us according to what we need, what we think we need. Um, but then we're faced with a difficult question. Well, what about Christians that are in persecution over in North Korea that are starved to death. Jesus here says that he's going to provide for uh, the food will be taken care of, right? All these things will be added to you. He's not lying.
4: God doesn't lie. What about
1: the believers that maybe they're faced in a, a, a place of persecution and they do not have the proper clothes and they're thrown into a jail cell? Does that mean that God's not keeping his promise here? Because this is a serious question, guys. We read through this sometimes, and I I know, and and maybe you're thinking right now, you know, Pastor Tony, this is the time you're supposed to pat me on the back and tell me have a good week and do good things for the Lord. But but I think it's important that we understand this here. And I'm going to read you a quote from John John Piper because the whole time I was wrestling through this passage, I came to the same conclusion as um, Pastor John. Here's what he says. Now, here is my answer to that question. When I put all of this together, Jesus' word and Paul's two texts. Now, this was, this was all from a question. And somebody said, Pastor John, Jesus says he's going to provide for our food and our clothes. What about the people that don't have food, the Christians that starve? Does that mean he's not keeping his promise? And here's what he says. Now, here is my answer to that question. When I put all this together, Jesus' word and Paul's two texts, when I put all this together, I think the meaning of Matthew 6.33, right, which we just read in Romans 8.32, and other promises like this, there are a lot of them. I think it means that everything will be given to us that we need in order to do God's will, in order to glorify God most fully, even if it means death. Now stop there with me for a moment. Real real quick. Me focused, kingdom focused. Right? There's a difference of perspective here. Difference of perspective. Is it all about glorifying God? That's the purpose of our life, or is it all about making sure that my belly is full? Right? Because they're different. They're different things. They're different things. I think it means everything will be given to us that we need in order to do God's will, in order to glorify God most fully, even if it means death. Jesus isn't promising all the food, all the clothing all the housing, all the health care, all the protection that we need to be comfortable or even to stay alive. He says we're going to die in his service. He is promising that we will have every single one of those things in exactly the right measure for doing his will and glorifying his name, even if it means perishing from exposure or
4: starvation in the path of obedience. Now it got quiet. That's a tough truth to swallow because we're now relinquishing
1: control. Relinquishing control, right? Just like Hudson Taylor said, that it does not matter where he places me or how. I'm not going to be anxious because I know, I know that my God, the God that split the Red Sea, that caused the walls of Jericho to fall, the God that loves me more than anything by sending his own son, he
0: proved that.
1: That God's in control and he's going to give me everything that I need in order to complete my mission, what he has put me here for on this earth. That might mean that I go through a time in my life where I don't have the food that
4: I think I need. But that doesn't mean God's not faithful to you. Hear me out this morning.
1: The battle of the mind that God has gone before you
4: and he's your rear guard. This morning, we,
1: we talked so much about anxiety, about being worried, trusting God. That's really worry is, is a lack of trust in God. Right? And I'm admitting that from my own heart. Philippians 4, 6, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Everything that we sung this morning, the talk with Jesus, we stand on the promises of God, we lean on his everlasting arms, that we can go to him for a sweet hour of prayer, It all points back to God. Kingdom focused. I am kingdom focused. Everything I do is kingdom focused. That's our mentality. That wants to be my mindset. Let me think of things that are true and noble and honorable. And Lord, take those things of worry, of fear. Take them out of my mind. I want things that are from you. And Lord, I want to find myself in a place that no matter where you put me, I'm able to say, God, you're in control and I rest in you. Because think about those brothers and sisters that are in North Korea or Iran that are imprisoned, that don't have food, that don't have the right clothes. God is still with them, and He is still faithful to them. He will give you everything you
4: need according to His riches in Christ Jesus. What are you worried about this morning? Give it to God. Similar to what Pastor Bob said last week, I'm not going to give you a five-step process for getting rid of anxiety. We just need to give it to God. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are so thankful that we can rest in you. Lord, so often in our lives, Fear creeps in. Anxiety creeps
1: in. And we become worried about things that have no eternal consequence. And Lord, as often as we try in our lives to not be me focused, the old man, our sinful nature, rears its head and we become that way. But God, you understand that.
4: And you love us, anyways. Lord, we are thankful that you are faithful and you will provide according to everything that we need to complete what you have for us here on this earth Lord I know there are some this morning in here who wrestle with anxiety Father who whose hearts are heavy with worry Lord I ask you to lift those burdens
1: Lord, help us to trust
4: in you, knowing that the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever loves us more than we'll ever understand. Lord, we want to be kingdom-focused people. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Our closing hymn speaks of that trust. "'Tis so sweet." To trust in jesus take your hymn books if you would please turn to page 312. stand with me and we'll sing this song as we close this morning tis so sweet to trust jesus just him at His word, just to rest upon His foot, just to know the saith of the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, prove Him more and more. Jesus, Jesus, precious, oh for grace to trust Him more. In Jesus, his cleansing blood just in sin to plunge me neath the healing, cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I prove him more and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, pray. for grace to trust him
0: more
3: yes it is sweet to trust in Jesus and self to cease just from Jesus taking life and rest and joy and peace Jesus Jesus how I trust him Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, for grace to trust him
0: more.
3: I'm so glad I learned to trust him, precious Jesus, Savior. And I know that thou art with me. Jesus, precious Jesus, to trust him more. So, Father, we take our care and our burdens, and, Father, we cast it upon you, knowing how much you care for us. We thank you for being that sovereign God who rules and reigns and controls all things. Lord, help us to trust you more.